All that is gold does not glitter. Not all those who wander are lost. The old that is strong does not wither. Deep roots are not reached by the frost. From the ashes a fire shall be woken. A light from the shadows shall spring. Renewed shall be blade that was broken. The crownless again shall be king. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the podcast, the one and only Tony's Poetry Club. My name is Ryan, an amateur poet myself, an avid fan of doing nothing at all. What you just heard was All That Is Gold Does Not Glitter by J.R. Tolkien. Hello, everyone. This is Anthony for you, Tony, English teacher. And hello, everybody. My name is Brandon, and I am an amateur voiceover artist. Welcome, Brandon and Tony. It's good to have you here, and I'm going to have a lot of fun breaking this one down. I'd say it's one of my favorite poems. Uh, J.R. Tolkien as a whole is one of my favorite authors. So going straight into this one, I'm going to ask you, Tony, first, does this one stand out to you in any way? Can can you relate to it? Can you break it down a little bit for us? It does. It does stand out to me. Uh, somehow. Sorry, I'm laughing, but um, I'm laughing because you love this poem. I'm actually not crazy for it. It's great content. Like the whole, I like the whole idea that the poem... Uh, gives you this message of rebirth, does it not? That you got this first half in which he introduced you is a prelude to the idea of you can you, you, you know you can be born again every day, however you like, whenever you want, uh, despite appearances like don't mind appearances. Uh, I just feel it's too um hermetic, if you allow me that. Uh, amazing. I mean talking is a genius, but uh, I just feel you could have said the whole thing maybe in a more in a simpler and more direct way, more accessible way. But yeah, I love it. And it's definitely something you can relate to uh, very easily every day as well. I don't know if Brandon or you, Ryan, disagree with me. I mean, when has anybody ever known Tolkien to do anything simple and accessible? I mean, <laughs> if, if any of you out there who are listening and either you two have uh, tried to read The Silmarillion... Um, <laughs> you'll understand the, like quite the other uh, Tolkien's capacity for a grandiose speech. I always remember the uh, the speech uh, Bilbo Baggins gives in Lord of the Rings on his birthday. It's like something I like half as much. I like half as much of you half as well as you deserve, or something like that. It's just so wordy, but I think it it fits because this one, this poem really does sort of vibe with that Lord of the Rings thing, which, you know, is a fantastic story and a fantastic set of books and a set of films. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this this there is this thing of rebirth, things come back from darkness, and that is a very overarching tone of that Lord of the Rings thing. But one of the other things that, um, and I think we, we briefly touched on this actually before the podcast, was this idea of don't judge a book by its cover, and it comes back to this yeah. line, you know, the old that is strong does not wither. And all that is gold does not glitter. Um, there is a big thing of don't judge a book by its cover. And especially in Lord of the Rings, it's one of Tolkien's big things. You know, Little Hobbit can save the world. And, you know, the smallest things are capable of some of the greatest things. So, yeah, I yeah. don't know. What do you think, Ryan? Well, I mean, I personally relate to it because of, like, I mean, you can say that someone, you can personally see yourself as an underdog. I do in, in a few ways uh, throughout my life. So it's it's easy to, to look at this and, and think, you know, if someone's fighting for the little guy, in, in a sense, that it's easy to be overlooked and, and overthought and underrated. Um, but 
I, w- I want to go back to the the thought that that you don't like it, Tony. Do you do you consider it to to be almost vague or, or potentially even uh, uh, a little too mysterious in its its wording? Obviously, we talked about Tolkien. That is his particular writing style, and I think it works well for him. But do you see it as something you you use the word inaccessible? But do you really think it's it's something that that people can't relate to because of that? Yeah, I think that's the risk. Uh, and the fun of poetry, the, the beauty of poetry, actually, is that you can always, somehow, you should try to relate to it. Um, I am sure that if people allow themselves to actually read it, you know, and project themselves into the verses, into the lines, they will eventually find that this is something that we do every day, you know, in, in our life, and it's definitely applicable and relatable to our everyday life but yeah um that's exactly the point where you said ryan that i believe it's a bit too refined the language and i know that he's somehow a talking signature and he's talking style but some a message as nice as this should definitely be more accessible um then if i go you know as a as a, an amateur poet myself, where if I go and read the lines carefully and understand them and I put myself into them, I'm like, oh my God, this is great. Oh, look at this. Oh, this metaphor. Or if you think about this and that and that. It's great. It's definitely great. But then uh, obviously um, it, it's not accessible unless you give yourself time to actually understand what he means by, I don't know, deep roots are not reached by the frost. If you think about what comes after that, the other four verses, then you realize that that line is something like if you set yourself well enough in the past, you'll be kind of all right in the future, you see. But obviously, it needs that sort of thinking and, you know, it, it, yeah, it's it's a bit of, I don't know, 17th century kind of poetry that we should be well beyond. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's too bad. It's definitely not modern. It's got that Tolkienist vibe to it. So it's definitely quite exclusive, and I think it's not an endearing read for those people who aren't specifically looking for something like this. So like, unlike the, the poem we, we read in the last episode, I don't think this one is as accessible to the, the, the common poetry philistine like me. Um, but, you know, I think, like you said, there is a lot to unpack in this one, and it's got some oh, really God. nice imagery and messages. Oh, God, yeah. And weirdly enough, I think in a modern day, setting obviously tolkien was not a modern day person um you know this this could be put forward in a much better way you know all that is gold does not have to glitter after all but um yeah i think really this each line just has so much in it and as i said i'm i'm not a poetry person but it really does have something in every line that you can just apply to something or think about and try and understand it and the act of trying to understand it i think leads you at least down that road where you try and apply that to your real life anyway because you're trying to figure out well what the bloody hell is he talking about deep roots are not reached by the frost what the what the chuff is that supposed to mean and then you can be there being like oh you know actually yeah like foundations that i've built in my life i've got a a long-standing relationship with somebody one little argument one little bit of frost isn't gonna you know touch those bonds that we formed a long time ago so, yeah, I'm I'm rambling, but there's a lot to unpack here, and I think oh, it's yeah. a fantastic poem, if not a bit verb like verbose. I still I wouldn't do... go. Oh, sorry, sorry, go on, Ryan. I was just gonna say that I do feel partly guilty of the same crime. I'm in my writing. I'm very mysterious. I'm very um, hidden in what I try to do. I'm I'm 
esoteric in the sense that I want it to be unpacked, that I want it to be behind a curtain that you have to go and explore, you have to go and find it yourself. Like and a little then zip file. I mean, <laughs> I suppose it's the modern equivalent, but it'd be like opening a letter or going through a book in a library that you'd never read before. And it was mm. something new, it was something exciting that you go out and discover. It's, it's like an expedition into the poem. And in that expedition, you, you sort of find the reason for it, uh, as well as finding the reason that it applies to you and, and how you can utilize that in your everyday life. There may not be any reason there. There may not be anything that you find, but the, it, part of it is the journey of exploring it, of of enjoying it for more than just what it is, just eight lines on a page. It, the, the, I think that's the over overarching thing about poetry in general as well, just, just finding something more than what is obvious. Uh, and it, it references itself in the poem in that sense, that something is more than what it may first appear to be. And you have to go and find it. It's not just given to you. And I'm I'm very much in that camp in terms of my own writing and, of course, reading others' uh, writing. So that's part of the reason it's one of my favourites. But everybody has their own style, right? At the end of the day, if all poems were just written like text messages, you know, like, all that is gold does not glitter, lol. Like, you know, it, it wouldn't, like, you know, everybody's obviously got to find their, their, their style. They've got to find their... I'm not sure what I'm not sure if prose is the right um, word to use here, but their their own way of writing. Because at least for me, and I don't know if you guys can relate or anybody who's listening, I have my speaking voice, and I have my writing voice, and my writing voice, like when my words are sort of leaving my head and then going onto the paper, completely different to what's coming out of my mouth right now. Absolutely, yeah. And I think that's a beautiful method of expression that we don't often think about like mm. we think about personality being just sort of being defined by what comes out of your mouth but really in your style of writing and your style of formulating these sentences that really is a part of you that that I'm trying to think like the pre-prepared pre prescriptive part of you you've got time to to look at it and really think about it whereas now i'm just waffling whatever jumps into the front of my mind comes out my mouth but when it goes down on paper, of it, yeah, I've got more time to think about it. You see, I'm the complete opposite. Um, I'm complete opposite. I, I, well, now in English, maybe I do what you do quite often. But when, but in Italian, for example, I used to, I actually used to be like, used to have my writing voice and you know my, my spoken voice are actually very, very similar. Um, and I also sounded like a bit of a prick somehow. Uh, and I thought that was posh, and you know, you uh, still do. Know. The oh, true, but oh, but yeah. So you know, the, the nerd is coming. Anyway, um, you see, I am completely different from 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 you, Ryan. I used to when I started writing uh, those few poems that I have written. I used to go and look for the refined language and the nice structure, but because it looks nice, you know, as you said, the whole idea of sounding refined. Some people have to unpack and stuff, and then. The whole, the whole drama, the, the acting side of me came out. And I'm like, nah, actually, no, nah, no. Nah. You know what? I like, I would like people to, I want to be straight, direct with people, because it needs to be an act. They need to get exactly what I'm feeling. And I'm not doing it necessarily for them. I'm just writing what I feel on a piece of paper, whether that is depressed, happy, sad, horny, or whatever that is. I'm writing it down. And, and then I picture people acting it out. That's why I, I'm not sure I can fully appreciate Tolkien's uh, style. But despite all, despite all, um, I mean, we could unpack this for forever, perhaps. And I feel that'll be that'll take too long. It'll probably even be a bit boring. 
But I do, I do admit, I, I need to admit that the message coming from, especially the second part of it, it's just spot on. It's amazing. And the whole thing of, uh, it doesn't matter how much you mess it up. I want to use the F word, but I'm not going to. Uh, it doesn't matter how much you mess it up. At the end of the day, you still have a chance to, to uh, for rebirth somehow. Mm. So yeah, I like that. I appreciate that. I don't like the style, but I appreciate the message. You can say fork whenever you want to try and... What's dirty about fudge? Shut the front door. But um, it's, it's a perfectly understandable perspective that you want something to be raw and unfiltered. And even in some cases, that can be more powerful, that can be more emotional than something that's refined and tailored specifically to what the author's trying to say. Sometimes that can ruin it if you, um, you over-edit something or you, you kind of lord over it a little bit too much. It's, it's kind of the idea that too many chefs ruins the broth, maybe in a different sense, but... If you're if you're talking cooking, raw and unfiltered is uh two of the yeah. words that I would use to describe <laughs> Tony's cooking. Excuse me, my pasta was al dente. How dare you? <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> I think always it's, thinking about food. I, yeah. I think it, yeah, always. I think it's worth um thinking really. Then there's like other. It's just an idea. At least I've just had. It's for me. I've always thought that Tolkien, the like the 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 mythos and the the sort of the allegory behind the story informs the characters and the people whereas it seems like what you're after tony is that the people and the characters inform the allegory and the mythos like it's a different way of coming at the conveying the message if you get what oh, i mean yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah no you're right but there's a reason for that because my instinct to write i i, I don't i wasn't born as a poet if you wanna if you want to use that uh, my whole thing came up from acting and I started writing after starting acting. So obviously that would be my my tendency. So you see more of a performance than yeah, absolutely. A, a, an art piece, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm definitely in your camp with that one though, Tony. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're my camp. <laughs> I do think we have to understand the perspective of this as well. Because Tolkien wasn't much of a writer in terms of one-shot kind of things, it almost always was connected to his overarching universe and his world that you talked about, yeah. the, the Silmarillion. True, that was yeah. still of a universe that he created, that he built upon, and it wasn't something that was apart from that as a whole. Like, all that is gold does not glitter, I think. We definitely should have done a little bit more research about that, whether it came from one <laughs> of the books or if it was a one-off poem that fed into that world, that universe, that it talks about, you know, renewed shall be blade that was broken, the crownless again shall be king. I think it is that, um, if you've ever read his works, the Lord of the Rings uh, was that Aragorn was the true king, spoiler mm. alert, and yeah. that he was coming back uh, into that, and that it was something referenced in the story rather than something that came out of the story. It was almost an internal memo uh, in regards to that. So when you take that out of context and out of that that world, it seems maybe a little bit off and a little bit not preachy, but like you said, inaccessible. Yeah. No, you're right. It needs to be contextualized. Yeah. I wouldn't say inaccessible, just obviously more difficult to access. Mm. No, I didn't mean inaccessible full on. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, just no. as Brandon said, it's just more difficult to... Uh, Instead of putting a ramp outside the supermarket, they've put steps. Basically, yeah. Oh wow, what a metaphor! I like that metaphor, but I don't. I don't. 
I don't like how you've used it. <laughs> um, I, I think we've we've gotten as much as we can out of, of this form. Like you said, we could go, go on forever. There's just so much uh, to go through. And eventually we do start just creating things to talk about rather than what oh, is definitely. actually there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, we're going to wrap this one up. Uh, I've been Ryan alongside me, of course, Tony and Brandon. All That Is Gold Does Not Glitter by J.R.R. Tolkien. Go and read it for yourself if, if you like. I'm sure you'll find some some enjoyment out of that, some meaning out of that. But we are going to say goodbye for now. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed this as, as much as we have. And if you do have a way to contact us, I'm not sure if we have that set up yet or not, do feel free to let us know what you think about this poem. Because, you know, we are just three people and obviously you're all... All you wonderful people out there that are listening are going to have your own interpretations and takes, and uh, I'm sure I speak for both of you two when I say we'd love to hear them. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, you'll find the email address on the podcast page. So please feel free to get in touch. Thank you, everyone. Thank you very much. Bye.